This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome to Tort Talk. We're so glad to have you here, and thank you so much for listening. In fact, you can listen to any of the episodes that we've already aired. All you have to do is just, well, scroll down in the player that you're looking at right now on GrossAndSchuster.com, or go back to your favorite podcast platform, whether you like listening on iTunes, whether you like listening on Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Go back, listen to previous episodes, subscribe, and listen to future episodes as well. So now, last week, Terrence, we talked a little bit about, well, we talked for about 15 minutes about pursuing a judgment against a person. And that segues, at least since far as you've told me, really nicely into today's topic about bad faith. Welcome to the show, Terrence. Oh, by the way, my name is Paul. I probably should have mentioned that. Yeah, Paul. And it is a good question because we did talk last week about the difficulty of pursuing excess money from the person in a case that we usually settle for the policy limits. But are there exceptions or are there instances maybe where a lawyer can actually get more money somehow hmm. than the policy limits? And the answer is yes, especially so in Florida. And really? it's called the doctrine of bad faith. And there's two types of bad faith. Uh, the first I want to concentrate on, it's called third party. And before I confuse you, it just simply means third party only means getting money from the defendant's insurance carrier. So imagine this. Imagine I'm representing Paul. He was hit by a drunken driver. He's really messed up. He's He's got broken bones. He's getting injections. The drunk's only got a 25,000 limit. So if even if you don't know anything about personal injury, mm. with broken bones and injections, you got to figure it's worth more than 25,000. What if I get an adjuster that's just trying to save money, a stickler, We'll give you five thousand. We'll give you eight thousand, and just jerking us around. You go what? And so we sue them. Okay. And we sue them, and then we go to court years later, and the jury says two hundred thousand. Well, what the insurance company would love to do is saying, "Oh, two hundred thousand. Here's our twenty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. You can get the one seventy-five from the drunk, Mister Gross. Uh, no, <laughs> because there's a doctrine in Florida that insurance companies are supposed to act in good faith. They're mm. supposed to act in good faith towards their insured. They're supposed to put their insured before themselves. Uh, so they had a duty. Some argument is you had a duty to protect the drunk, and you didn't do it, and therefore. You have to pay the whole judgment. I'm sort of making it easier than it sounds, but that's Mm -hmm. ultimately the way it works. Uh, There's a lot more to it than meets the eye. Sometimes you have to go to a second jury trial, and the second jury would would just say thumbs up, thumbs down. Did the adjuster act in good faith or bad faith? Mm -hmm. Because some lawyers would try to sandbag maybe the and set them up for bad faith didn't give you all your medical records so they didn't know your medical bills they didn't know about your x-rays so the lawyer has to act in good faith too so i give them everything hmm. and i just let them hang themselves <laughs> uh and, and and in those cases then you may be, you could actually make an insurance company in florida maybe pay a whole judgment so they got a 25 limit they could be forced to pay the full 200,000 judgment be if it, if the second jury were to find they did not act in good faith. And there's a lot of insurance companies that just don't. So it's a good law. It's been on the books my entire career. Um, it's to keep 
insurance companies honest because if they didn't have that, then they could lowball you on any case and there would be no no uh, big reason for them to tender or act in good faith. Mm, okay. So is there any kind of a, a stipulation about then the minimum payout based on your medical bills or anything like that. You talk about a lawyer hiding like medical bills, you know, because they're kind of scummy. And so you have different, I guess you have different parties that can act in, in bad faith, but is there any kind of statute that says, no, you have to pay this much of the, of the medical bills this person receives. Is there anything like that at all? No, not really. There's no formula. People always are asking about the valuation of cases. There is no formula. You know, mm. you certainly we look at medical bills. Yes, we look at pain and suffering, scarring. Uh, there's so many different things. And, and that's why if every case goes to court, it's going to be a different jury verdict for the same case. Have we tried the same case 10 times, identical case, same judge, same lawyer against me, same plaintiff, everything, same doctors, everything's identical. You're going to go away with 10 different verdicts. Mm. Uh, but you have to look at the odds of things. And so I think anybody would recognize, even if you never knows nothing, if someone's got broken bones from a car wreck, it's got to be worth more than $25,000. So, I mean, but again, we get these adjusters. They, they could be sticks in the muds and, and you wouldn't believe it. So I told you there's two types of bad faith. Okay, so the, yeah. yeah. So the third party, the third party means that's when you're suing the defendant. But what if you're suing your own company because people have uninsured motorists? That's called first party. That means you've got what lawyers would call privity. You pay in the insurance. When you buy an insurance policy, that's a contract. You're saying, I'm giving you money. You're giving me protection. Just like homeowners, just like a hurricane insurance, anything else you buy, that's called first party insurance. So a first party, there's a different statute. And it says before you can pursue bad faith, you actually have to file a document with the Department of Finance, giving them 60 days to cure their wrong. So what I'll do, I'll try to settle with the UM carrier. Here, pay me the 25000 They don't pay me. Then I got to file a form and, and, and explain why I think they're wrong and why they should pay the twenty-five. It gives them an extra 60 days to cure it. And a lot of times they do. They get these forms. They know what's happening because they know <laughs> if they don't pay in the 60 days, there's a lawsuit coming at 65 mm, days or mm. so. So um, a lot of cases get settled. But sometimes if they don't, then you sue them. Then you go to court, so you've only got a twenty-five thousand uninsured motorist. That's all you bought, hmm. but the jury says two hundred. If you've done what's called the pre, uh, condition precedent, which means you filed the special form with the uh, state of Florida, and you do get a two hundred, you could force your company to pay you two hundred thousand, even though you only had a twenty-five limit, huh? Because they did not act in good faith towards you, they're insured. Okay. And we see it in hurricane claims. And and there's been a lot of controversy in hurricane claims because you'll hear the insurance companies say, the reason the rates are going up is all these lawyers' fees. Well, heck, if you did the right thing, there wouldn't be lawyers' fees. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's the silly thing about it is if you just did the right thing, most people aren't trying to bamboozle the insurance company. Most people just, I just want my roof replaced. Right. It's leaking and it's damaging the rest of the stuff. And, and the insurance companies come and lowball you. Hmm. Well, this may be a silly question for you, but I have you here and I'm going to ask you anyway. 
let's go back to this drunk driver who hits me. I'm, by the way, I love that you use me for a lot of these examples and talk about my broken bones and everything. It makes me feel so comfortable. <laughs> uh, but this, this drunk driver, and you talked about his own insurance company acting in bad faith. So they come back and say, yeah, we'll pay you the 25000 and you can get the rest of the 175000 from our drunk driving idiot who hit you. Could that drunk driving idiot sue his own insurance company as a first party lawsuit uh, regarding acting in bad faith? You know, you remember how I, I said I, I was just giving the quick thumbnail sketch? Yeah. So you've asked a very astute question, Paul, because here's how it really works. Okay. I, I, I was just sort of, we only have 10 minutes. Like It's not a right. law school class. Right. But I will tell you this. So if I get that $200,000 judgment, so now he owes the 175. So what we actually do, okay. he really is the one. There's something called standing in the law. So if, if I'm injured in a car wreck, you can't sue for my injuries. Right. So really, the the victim of the bad faith is really not the, my client, the injured person. It's the drunk. He's the victim because now he owes 175. So we get him to sign a piece of paper. We have a, a special piece of paper. There's different names for it, but some people call it a Cunningham agreement. There's all kinds of names for it, but it's a piece of paper and a piece of paper would say, I, the drunk hereby give Mr. Gross the right to make this claim against my insurance company because my insurance company didn't act with me in good faith. They were in bad faith. They should have protected me and they didn't. So he assigns it over and by assigning it, He's off the hook. So it says, in return, if you sign this piece of paper drunk, you owe us nothing. You don't owe the 175. You just give us permission to go against your company because you're the injured party. You are the victim of your uh, insurance company's negligence or you know whatever their their decision was. And that's how it really works. It's technically that's how it works. That sounds really insane to me uh i <laughs> so okay uh do you have any more examples you want to give we got to wrap up here in just a minute but uh i mean i, I love hearing uh, no more examples involve me being hit by drunk drivers please <laughs> but uh, but do you have any more examples that you want to give people that would give them ammo for understanding how this works not not really it's just just knowing that there is a mechanism out there that protects uh the public from insurance companies that, that that are looking after their own interest as opposed to the entrance, interest of the insured. So it could be a drunken driving accident or it could be a hurricane claim. It applies to first-party contracts where you pay insurance for coverage and where they don't uh, do the right thing. There is a mechanism that can make them pay the full amount of damages you may have even beyond the limits. So uh, this is Terrence Gross. You always ask me this, Paul. Yep. I'm trained like a, a, a seal here. You should you're you're going to ask me how can honk they the contact me? Honk that horn, seal. Okay, I'm ready. And uh, so how can you contact me? 850-434-3333 or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. Well, there you go. Now, I want you to understand we have not been acting in bad faith with you, the listener. We have been acting in very good faith. Why? Because we provide you this content free of charge. All you have to do is just go to grossandschuster.com, scroll through the list there. You can see all the other episodes that we've recorded. This is a, uh, I think this is the 20th episode at this point. Um, if I'm, if my math is correct, I got into podcasting not to do math though. So if you want to listen to any of the other episodes, all you have to do is just go through that list, see which one applies to some that you really want to know about click on it listen to it it's that easy and i'll catch you next week terrence thanks